What are you doing? I'm reading a story. You want to come and hear it? Okay. Called You Are Special. You Are Special? Yeah. Oh. The women were small wooden people. Is that wooden people? Mm -hmm. What's that? What? What's that called? Uh, okay, it says the women were small wooden people. All of the wooden people were carved by a wood. What's that say on there? Uh, that says wooden. It's in dots. Remember what the dots are called? Um, I don't know. They're called Braille. Welcome back to Crip Parenting. This is episode seven. I am Tara, the blind mom. And in case you are just joining us for the first time, we are in a three-part interview series with Ray Wright, who is a blind woodworker and teacher. And in part one, Ray talked about what it was like growing up with sisters who are deaf. He talked about his own diagnosis of retinitis pigmentosa and what that is. And he talked about what it was like to have a degenerative eye condition and to be going from kind of visual job to slightly less visual job, but still visual job and trying to figure out what to do. Where we left off was Ray told a really poignant story about hearing from the doctor that there is nothing else we can do. You are going to be blind. And he had decided to go to the Braille Institute and try and pick his life back up and see what he could do. And his parents had agreed to take him to the meeting, and that's where we left off in episode six. So here is episode seven of Crip Parenting and part two of our interview with Ray. We hope you enjoy. And as always, we are Crip Parenting, C-R-I-P-P-A-R-E-N-T-I-N-G, at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have ideas for the podcast or have a story you would like to share, we are definitely looking for people to come onto the podcast and tell their story. And so they were, they were there and they were talking about Braille Institute and what they did and the different classes and learning braille and cane skills and and they showed us how to fold money to to know what uh, uh and this was basically seniors that that were there yeah and i was uh 39 at the time so i i felt kind of out of place but there was a counselor from the department of rehabilitation uh that got up and spoke and she talked about this training center up up in the Bay Area, and uh, that that uh, she said, yeah, they you go there for for about nine months, and you you learn how to use a white cane, and you learn how to read Braille, and you learn how to cook and clean, and you have uh, you learn how um, uh, the talking computers and and that and that kind of thought. Well, that's kind of neat. She says, oh, yeah, and they, they teach you how to knit or sew or or whatever, and then they have a wood shop. 
And I said, a wood shop? I leaned over to my dad. I'm like, boy, I'd sure like to see what special tools they have for that. And uh, um, dad said, well, I guess she knows what she's talking about. And I said, why is that? She goes, well, she's blind. I said, she is? <laughs> and she go, he says, well, I think so. She has a guide dog. <laughs> and, and so at the end of her talk, she, she said, if you have any questions, you see me afterwards. So I went out and talked to her. And, and uh, anyway, I ended up signing up for rehab. She became my rehab counselor. And uh, I, I started... Uh, Pause for just one second. Talk about what rehab is. Oh, so vocational rehabilitation is, is run by the state, uh, by, well, depending on the state, different um, parts, com- or I don't know what you want to call it, divisions or whatever. Here in Utah, it's run by the de- uh, Department of Workforce Services. But, but what it is is to get disabled people back to work back to where they are and and my definition of of rehabilitation is to put one back where they were before Mm. so i i would also maybe add that you know one of the beautiful things about rehabilitation is that it it promotes community inclusion as well that's true employment yeah that's that's very true that's a good point, Tyler. I, uh, yeah, so I don't know if that answers no, your... No, no, that's great. That's great. I, just, I don't know who's all listening. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. Sometimes I might utter something that, that, uh, that everybody should know that, just like <laughs> Patina. Um, <laughs> any, anyway... Uh, Early, earlier conversation with Patina. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh... Anyway, so yeah, I, I um, they said we could we could start you in June, and I said, oh well, I'm I'm going to England. Um, I have tickets to go to England. And they said, well, that's fine. We could start afterwards. And I was very apprehensive about going to England to visit my my uh, relatives, aunts, uncles, cousins, and friends, and and that. Um, so I have a lot of family in England, and this would be the first... I'd been over there many, many times, and when I was legally blind, I used to fly over there on my own and, and go go do sightsee and visit and stuff, so... I'm turning green over huh. here. I, I don't want to go yes. there so bad. <laughs> yes. Well, it... it um, yeah, so I was... It was like, oh, what's it going to be like to travel blind and, and and at this point you don't have a cane or a dog or no 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 skills no no nothing i got i have my my parents arms and and just uh i had my own house and that so you know a lot of people say well how could you walk around in the dark when you can't see where you're going well (laughs) i think anybody listening to this podcast will will say they get up in the middle of the night to go use the bathroom and they don't turn the light on. <laughs> right. So, you, you we know. We just have an extended mental map. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So And so, we make five-minute friends quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. True. True. So, yeah. So, I went over and, and uh, you know, some family members were a little bit 
more apprehensive than others and some were no different you're just you're just you mm-hmm. you know they might describe something or I might have to ask what something is or whatever but uh, and then they you know tell me stories about different blind people that they knew or that was in the paper or something where you know the fog in England can get pretty uh, pretty thick and mm-hmm. where literally you can't see the hand in front of your face and there was one particular time where the the fog was so bad at the end of the day that it was the blind person that worked there that took everybody huh. home to their house <laughs> because <laughs> because um he knew where everybody lived <laughs> and and so that was that was encouraging you know I've, is, al- I've always wondered what why are the what is makes the difference in the people that just totally reach out and still view you as you and the people that just see this as a tragedy and would rather avoid it. Well, one one thing I found was really interesting when you talk about that, from my experience, where it's almost like there's three different groups. There was your best friends that would be there forever that all of a sudden stopped calling or stopped inviting you to things or whatever. And then there was the group that were acquaintances, your five-minute friends. You might have met them somewhere through someone or whatever. And all of a sudden, they were the ones calling and and uh, asking you, hey, we're doing this, do you want to go with us? And, and that kind of thing. And then there was the third group that were your friends that were still your friends. They didn't change at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was just kind of strange how how that works, you know, so. So what was your time at the Braille Institute like? Well, I didn't go to the Braille Institute. Oh, after you got back from England, you didn't go? Well, not, I went up to the orientation center for the blind. Oh, okay. oh yeah, okay, that's right. Area. Yeah, 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 so I went up, I went up for training and, and, um, and that's one thing I recommend to anybody, uh, and this isn't what I was expecting. Yeah, I knew I was going to uh, go to, um, uh, you know, learn learn all the skills, cane, cane travel and cooking and, and uh, talking computers and Braille and, and even woodshop. But what I didn't realize is like when you said, Tyler, about the community and that, mm-hmm. half of what I learned was in the classroom from that particular subject I was taking, the more important half was from the the other students and yes. from the from the instructors that that were blind um, that were sharing their experiences and I found out i wasn't alone i wasn't the only one uh-huh. when i when I got there on the first day. You know, I kind of was was pretty scared and petrified and and uh, that and uh, it was in the evening. This the center was closed. I was just checking into the dorm and and one of the guys came up to me and and uh, he's like, "Hi, I'm Ricky." And I'm like, "Hey, Ricky." And he goes, "What's your name?" And I told him. And he's like, "Oh, what room do you have?" I said, 15. He goes, oh, cool, you're right across the hallway from me. 
And my parents were there with me and the dorm counselor. And he goes, I'll show him, show him where it is. <laughs> and I said, so how much can you see? He goes, oh, nothing. <laughs> and and uh, I said, oh, what happened to you? Brain tumor. And I went, oh, okay. Like, it was like no big deal to him. And I'm like, how can he be acting nonchalant like that? Um, mm-hmm. And so... Anyway, next day, the teacher comes up in the morning, hands me a cane and a blindfold. I said, I said, well, I don't think I really need a blindfold because I, uh, I really can't see anything. She goes, then it won't matter. Just go ahead and put it on. I said, okay. And so she gave us a tour. My parents had, had stayed the night um, in their motorhome uh, that so they they hadn't seen the campus either most most students get to tour the campus but i i didn't because this was in albany which is next to berkeley just across the bay uh from san francisco and so um we got a tour of the campus in the in the morning and and that and gave gave my parents a hug kiss goodbye and they left and (laughs) and uh so, so this was on a Friday and I more or less went to my classes and was introduced and kind of getting intake interviews. And I, re- I remember specifically that, that the, uh, the computer teacher, she was there on the computer and, and she was t- typing, uh, asking me questions and typing stuff in and, and, and that, and then uh, she said something, and I can't remember what it was, but all of a sudden I said, are you blind? She says, well, yeah. Hmm. And I didn't, you know, I thought, oh, okay. It's like you don't sound blind. <laughs> 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 and uh, which, you know, it kind of surprised me. Um, so, so... Uh, and then at lunch, at lunchtime, you know, they they said, "Oh, we'll make sure you get to the to the lunchroom and and that." I said, "Okay." And and the, the guy that was that was helping me, you know, he's saying hi to different students and and whatnot. And the way that it was kind of a a quad around, so there was like four sides four buildings and then a quad in the center and you could cut a quad across the quad to get to the lunchroom. And it was all um, sidewalks, you know, paved. And that people were walking along and he's like, hey, so-and-so, hey, so-and-so. And they're saying hi. And, oh, this is a new student, you know, this Ray and that. And I'm like, how do you know who everybody is? <laughs> and they're like, oh, by their cane taps. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, it's just... All of a sudden, it was like, there is so much more to this than I ever thought. Um, and uh, Yeah, you, you learn to pay attention yeah. to your other senses. I remember when I was teaching the, the cooking class, uh-huh. the student got out the smaller bowl. <laughs> I was like, no, you got to get out the bigger bowl. And Tyler, you were there. And you said, wow, that's amazing. I was like, well, it's just sound <laughs> yeah it's, it's second nature when right. you, you don't something you don't think about but but and then that night um it's like oh i survived the day my head didn't really explode like i thought it was going to <laughs> and that that night they're going hey ray we're going to Gina's. do you want to go with us 
And I'm like, what's Gina's? And they go, oh, it's the pizza place down the street. <laughs> and I'm like, well, how are you going to get there? Well, we're going to walk. How are you going to do that? With with our legs and our feet? Um, <laughs> you One know, foot in front of the other? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're going, we'll take care of you. And I said, okay. And so we went to Gina's, and apparently this was a Friday night ritual for all the all the students. And Gina's in there, and uh, she walks in, and and uh, she's asking everybody, "Oh, so you're going to have this? You're going to have that?" She knew everybody's usual in that. She goes, "Oh, you're a new guy. What's your name?" <laughs> and I told them, "Well, what do you like?" I go. I don't know what you have. And she goes, well, try this. And, and she goes, oh, it'll take you about a month to, to know what you really like best. But I suggest, you know, she just just made me, everybody just made me feel so welcome. And, and that I, I didn't feel like a stranger at all. So anyway, and then over the next nine months, um, I uh, learned all the skills and I found out in Woodshop that there is no special tools uh, <laughs> except for a measuring one called the click rule, and and uh, had a had a great time in in uh, woodshop, and we got to uh, go um, some of the activities. We got to kayak across the uh, across the uh, San Francisco Bay to Angel Island, where there's an old uh, Civil War fort there that we spent the night on Angel Island, which you're not allowed to do normally. And and uh, um, then we kayaked back the next day. We got to go cross-country skiing and snowshoeing. And I love the snowshoeing. That was really fun up in the Sierra Nevadas. And uh, we got to go um, whitewater rafting. And, and just the week before I got there, they went deep sea fishing. Hmm. Mm. And uh, so everyone was still talking about that. And plus we did all sorts of other, other um, uh, stuff and, and that. And then, Were the activities helpful? Oh, yeah. When I started working at the center where uh-huh. you now work, the, the new director, I was his first hire, and he was, um, he was blind. His predecessor had been sighted and hadn't done those kind of activities. And so our new director was adamant that we are going to do, hmm. we are getting these guys out. You know, we are going to do these activities. And our first one was fishing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we go fishing. And uh, afterwards, he hauled all of us into a staff meeting and gave us a lecture about, this is not time for you to have a nap. <laughs> Even if you're not interested in fishing, this is not time to f- listen to Wesley the Owl. That was what me and another teacher and a student <laughs> were doing. This is time to fish, to teach these people how to fish. And if you don't know how to fish, I was like, well, that would be me. He's like, then come to me and I will show you mm-hmm. how to how to put a worm on a hook and how to do all this stuff. But the next time we go fishing, you're not all just going to go off and do your own thing. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> No, no, yeah, the the activities were, and those were the the big activities. Mm-hmm. We went, we went and did stuff like the Jelly Belly Factory. That oh. was a lot of fun um, because they were very descriptive and and that, and and you could smell the different. You know, you're like, oh yeah, they're doing raspberry Jelly Bellies today, mm-hmm. 
And they also, the same factory makes those candies that have the little like taffy with the, the little picture in the center of it. And they showed, explained how they did, made those. And and we all got, you know, samples at the end. And and uh, of course, they the end of the tour is in their, their little uh, Jelly Belly store. Right. <laughs> which is like being in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, kind of. Um, and my favorite thing was the, the belly flops. Um, that's what they call their mistakes. Oh, that they sell yeah. real cheap. They taste the same. They're just... Little too small, little too big. Didn't get the word Jelly Belly written on them and uh, properly, or or two of them are stuck together, or whatever. But who cares? <laughs> Did you? What was your experience on Woodshop like? Since that's become your profession. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was really really cool. The teacher. Were you scared at first? Because when I first did it, I was like, "This is this is terrifying." Um, not really. Really? Um, you're better than me. Good. Well, this well, is what I, you do I for should, a living, but I, like, I should do a, I should do a little, little background thing. So my, my dad was a prop maker at, at Universal Studios, mm-hmm. and so we had a. I never used them, but we had a table saw and a, uh, um, a table saw and a lathe and a band saw and you know all the power equipment in the garage so as a kid I would be as gopher or here hold this wood will I mm. cut it and that kind of thing so I was around the equipment and uh-huh. and saw how it worked in that so I think that had a lot to do with it like maybe some of what I learned was by osmosis <laughs> um, without- so you, you weren't scared the first time you dragged a gleaming radial arm saw towards your own body no. <laughs> well, you're, I'm impressed. Um, no, I, I, um, yeah, no, when, when, well, when we first, when I first went in there, now the teacher was sighted, mm-hmm. and uh, um, so we learned the click rule and that, and we worked a lot on, on math, which I was always pretty good at math, so that wasn't really any big deal, just fractions and stuff. Yeah, it didn't really, really phase me at all. That's I mean, great. when I was doing the, the made these little um, uh, trivets on the table saw, and with that you put on a dado blade and you take off the guard and, mm, yeah. and that. So that that was uh, uh, a little more. You know, pay attention to where your hand is and and stuff. And my. Um, but yeah, no, I was, I was, I was okay, okay with it. it. It was fun. I made a, and I think you know he he tailored his his projects depending on the student too. And so <laughs> we had a, um, I made a jewelry or a music box out of out of uh, a stave of the side of piece of wood from an old wine barrel, huh. an old wine cask. And it was all stained uh, with the wine on the inside, and that <laughs> I remember when we were in there cutting it up. Uh, the uh, director came in. He goes, "What are you guys doing in here?" And and he's like, "You better open up the doors because uh, I guess we were getting a little, <laughs> a little too much uh, of the of the fumes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> get a little oh, intox- intoxicated on the fumes of it. But but." Um, 
Yeah, no, I just thought, oh, this is this is really neat, but I never really um, thought about woodworking afterwards or anything. It was just, yeah, this is kind of neat. And when I came when I came home from the blind center, uh, you know, I saw my friends, and they're like, oh, how was it? I said, oh, it was. It was it was great, you know. I said, "Yeah, I learned how to use a cane." They said, "Yeah, you're blind. You should do that." <laughs> I said, "And I learned braille." And they're going, "Well, yeah, you're blind. That's that's like doesn't everybody know braille?" And I'm like, <laughs> you know, this blind. And I'm like, "No, not really." But um, but uh, it'd be a good thing. And I said, and I I learned how to how to cook and clean. And they're like, "Well, yeah, that's important." And then. Uh, I, I said, I learned how to, the talking computers, and, and they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I said, oh, and I made this in wood shop. And they're like, what? <laughs> that, you can't do that. And I go, sure I can. It's right here, <laughs> you know. So that was kind of like, oh, yeah, that is, I guess that is pretty cool. Um, but when I left the center, it was like, okay, now you've got blindness skills, what are you going to do next? Yeah. And so I thought, well, I really liked, I liked computers before because I did the graphic design and and all of that. I mean, actually, when I worked in the corporate office, we only had computers like the last couple of years I worked there, <laughs> you know, so I used to do everything on a typewriter. And oh, by the way, I didn't know how to type when I went blind. <laughs> I just used two fingers to do all my <laughs> reports with. So I had to learn how to type before I could learn how to do any anything else. Um, so, so your typing probably actually improved. Oh, most definitely. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I could type with all my fingers instead <laughs> of two. And actually, my my speed, I was actually pretty good. I could do about... 35 words a minute with two fingers when I could see. But, um, uh, but then when I, yeah, when I, when I left, um, I actually like computers. So, so I wanted to get more, um, training in, in, uh, in assistive technology. I was just fascinated by it. Mm. And, uh, we had this thing called the voicemate parrot, um, <laughs> that uh that we used and what's the voicemate parrot it's equivalent to a victor stream now or kind of close about the same size so it was a little digital recorder it was it, it had a talking address book in it, it mm. had a keypad you would punch everything in it had um oh because like a it, personal data system. yeah a little yeah. personal pda um, yeah, yeah yeah we were the blind people with a uses of those and and tablets way before everybody else yeah yeah (laughs) exactly um hey i had a palm pilot yeah and you can thank your your local blind friends for thank you my friends (laughs) you're welcome Tyler. (laughs) yeah so i i went and i took uh um classes at the sensory access foundation and computers which was more of a in-depth focused um you know, 40 hours a week, um, assistive technology, computer class, learning the ins and outs of, of, um, Microsoft office and the, this, the suite of that. And, and, uh, mostly that's what it was in the internet and, and email. And, and this was in, 
Well, I went to the 2001, <coughs> I went to the, um, went to the blind center. And so this was 2002. And then I went to, uh, a guide dog school and I got a guide dog. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And did you enjoy, did you like Taft? Oh, Taft that? was, Taft was great. You guys can't see it, but I've been petting, uh, Tara's oh, Prudence, got, yeah, my seeing eye dog. Yeah, I, I've been uh, petting her the whole time. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway. You still have a hand, so you're not done. <laughs> <laughs> Taft, no, Taft was great. And the guide dog experience was, was incredible. I, what uh, was your first walk like? Because that will, for me, be always a just treasured memory, was the first um, walk with, with Hani. It was, it was down the hallway inside the uh, the dormitories, at, at guide dogs for the blind, and uh, um, it was, it was like freedom. Mm-hmm. It was, it was so weird just to be walking so fast again, and and to, um, and it was just up and down down the hallway, but it was just like. Wow, this is this is crazy. I I have no idea, really, because it was only I'd only been there a couple of days. What what I was going by or or whatever, but uh, it um, yeah, it was just like oh, this is pretty cool. But but it wasn't the first walk. It was it was when we got our dog. You know, they told us at, at, just after lunch, you know, Ray, you're going to get a yellow lab. His name is Taft. He's mm-hmm. 77 pounds. He's 22 inches tall. Uh, he's he's uh, um, 22 months old. And I went, oh, okay. And uh, so then they told us to go back to our rooms and then, and then they would come and get us. So Taft's trainer came and got me and we went into another room. He says, okay, just sit here. I'll go get Taft. Hmm. And that was like the anticipation and mm-hmm. whatever. And you could hear the, the dog's nails on the on the linoleum getting getting louder and louder and closer <laughs> and closer. And then it it uh um uh sound disappeared because we had carpeting in the room. I was in the library. And, uh, and he says, Ray, this is, and before I could say his name, Taft jumped up, put his paws on, on my, on my knees and just gave me a big lick across the face. (laughs) (laughs) And Jeff was like, Taft. (laughs) And, and, and I, he's like, you can pet him and stuff. And it was just like, I just turned to him. I said, sold. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like instant bond. I mean, it was just from the, the very first second. He was, uh, um, yeah, he was wonderful. And I had him for, worked him for 10 years and, and had him for 12. So, mm-hmm. I think you're one of a list of blind people that I, I think your dog would really want to work as long as they could because you're just so fun to be around. Oh well, thank you. I mean, Taft was fun to be around. He was he was a, a Disney dog, you know. He was just kind of goofy, um, mm. and that he just he, and people would say. My mom would say, "I never saw a dog smile like this." 
and and he he just he loved water and you'd give him a water bowl and and if it was hot he'd put his front paws in it and start smacking it and start trying to bite the splashes he was making and and, and if if he did something wrong and you scolded him if he you know if he was out of harness and whatever you'd go he'd lay down in front of you and dump his tail and put his paw over his head like i'm sorry oh <laughs> so yeah no tap it was great but guide dogs was a, a incredible experience uh i really uh really enjoyed that and it but when i really felt um freedom was was when i got home with taft i went and saw a friend of mine that lived down at the beach mm. and in southern california there's this I don't know what it is, eight, ten foot wide sidewalk that goes, oh, I don't know, a few miles along in the sand for rollerbladers and and bicyclists and whatever and that. And so we went down onto that and and uh, Nick was with me and and I said, okay, Taff, let her rip because they knew there was no obstacles, street crossings, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. <laughs> Man, I wish I had had rollerblades. We were <laughs> oh. we were just we were just going and and going and going and and that and finally and you know Nick's like Ray stop. <laughs> He's like I think we better turn around. You, you know we've gone about three miles and <laughs> and uh, we gotta get back for um, for our plans and and I was like oh okay <laughs> so. I I had a similar experience. My in-laws took everybody to San Diego the fall before the pandemic, and there was this uh, beach walk out to a restaurant, and I took my uh, Prudence's harness, and we just went so fast, just cruising and leaving everybody behind, and it just... Yeah, oh, that is just such a feeling of, for me anyway, I don't know. Was it a feeling of freedom for you? Oh, or? yeah. It's, it's the rush. It's just, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> because I took it, I, I, I take it for granted. Like, because you just get used to it. You know, you habituate to having right. a service dog. And they're just, they're just a part of your body when they've got the harness on and you're holding onto it and you don't think a whole lot of it. And then you do an experience like that and you're like, yeah, this is why. This is why this is so magical. Well, and the thing I found with, you know, it's it's funny. I mean, the old saying, it, it's like, you know, if you do it, you'll go blind. It's like if you talk to a blind person, you'll go blind. <laughs> you know, it's it's so weird. You'll be on a street corner with a cane and and you're standing there and you know there's someone on each side of you. And if you say hi, there's no answer. If you say, oh, it's... Can you tell me what street this is? You know, j- just to double check. No answer, whatever. You have a dog next to you on the corner. They walk up. Hi, are you, are you going across the street? Oh, is, huh. what's your dog's name? Can I pet him? Um, y- you know, all the, the, they just opened up the conversation. And you yes. can say, say no, he's, he's busy working. Yeah, I'm going across the street. Is this so-and-so? And they're like, oh, yeah, it is. Um and you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's 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 just interesting how people's perceptions change. A lot of times, you know, what you may not see is people just be staring at you, and and it's the kind of stare that that bores into your soul. Really, but when you when you have a dog, 
like you said, Ray, that, that all just changes. People let go of their inhibitions and discomfort about the disability, and that dog becomes the uh, normalizer. Do you guys oh. miss it? Because both of you don't have service dogs anymore. Yeah, I I miss... I'm kind of torn. I keep thinking about going back and getting one. Well, I will tell you what I told um, my friend John, who works for the Apple Store. Uh-huh. He's in the same situation. There is a very deprived dog out there because they don't belong to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're that's... Just, you've got the personality and the kindness. You're just... Yeah, you're. Oh, oh, thanks. I, <laughs> I, I look at it. I, I didn't know John didn't have his dog anymore. No, um, he retired. He oh, retired, Clint. Yeah, that's the sad thing that. that I know. But I, you know, with my schedule and stuff, it's like, oh, I don't know how much I would use them, and I kind of would feel selfish not letting, letting them, go to or her go to someone else that would use them more. You know, somebody that say he was going to college and would definitely be better off with a with a dog on a college campus than hmm. me just walking you know to the bus stop and then in into work and that kind of thing so i i I'm torn I go back and forth i've i've loved i've I've loved it because i you know staying <laughs> home yeah with kids there are days um when we just can't get out right and then there are days when we're running like crazy we um for tyler's 40th birthday we did a hike up to um the y uh-huh and um so a friend of mine and our kids went and did a test run of this hike and especially on the way down from, uh-huh. from this hike we i'm holding Prudence's hand, harness with one hand, and our young, my youngest daughter's hand with the other, and I just thought, you know, this would not, this would not have been as easy with a cane. No. And I just thought, this is, this is why I love this. This is why I'll be like, well, ninety-five, and the seeing eyes can be like, okay, you're done. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had too old. <laughs> when I was at, at at GDB, we had a, it was really cool. We had a guy at uh, that was, I think he was eighty-four or five. Yeah, in our in our class, and and um, he was a he was from Oklahoma. He was a cowboy, and and he uh, uh, was and he was six foot five or six, something like that, really tall. Mm -hmm. And we had another student in our class that was like four foot nine. So when they set the height obstacles. He had he he had to pretty much almost get on his hand, squat down and that because they said it for all of us, you know. Right. <laughs> but but he was his dog. They trained. He was a cowboy. He rode horses, mm. and so they trained his dog to run alongside the, him on his horse. Oh wow! And then wow. when he got off the horse, he would grab the horse's reins and this guide dog's uh, harness and. Oh. And the dog would guide him to the to the stables or, or the barn or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, he he was wow. He was great. He was a real inspiration. And <laughs> and and it, his dog was named Feta. Mm. And um, but when we were in the relieving circle, uh, uh, relieving all the all the dogs and that, 
you know, we would have to say, you know, Taft, do your business and, and all the commands, you know. The, and and uh, he would say, dog, do your business. Dog. And, <laughs> and they would they would say, say, her name is Feta. <laughs> and that, and one day he was there, he says, Feta, when I get you home, your name's going to be Dog. <laughs> <laughs> he just <laughs> but no oh, guide dogs great. Was, was great so um yeah so we 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 went on a we went on a tangent yeah because you've got Sorry three no that. no I'm, you've got I'm, three service dog users in the room so we've got to bring we got to talk about it <laughs> oh yes <laughs> This podcast is gratefully dedicated to the people of the disability civil rights movement. Every time we use public transportation, go to work, go to a school event with our children, we are living in the world you made possible.